Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Maggie Deal is not your typical artist. Based in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, Maggie's days are now filled with a haven of colour and artistic expression. But her journey to this point has been anything but ordinary. For the past two decades, Maggie has dedicated her life to public service as a sergeant in the New South Wales Police Force, where she supervised a team of officers and often found herself as a first responder. It was a demanding career that took its toll with Maggie facing the challenges of anxiety, depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. When her psychologist suggested art therapy, Maggie had no idea her career was about to take a remarkable turn. Maggie opened the Little Yellow House Gallery and Studio in 2021. After working in a male-dominated industry, Maggie yearned to create a safe space, not just for herself, but for other women as well. She envisioned a gallery and studio space that would foster a vibrant community of creative women, providing them with a platform to share their artistic visions with the wider community. In this episode, we sit down with Maggie in her own studio, surrounded by the very art that helped her heal and flourish. We delve into her experiences with art therapy, the transferable skills from law enforcement to business owner, and so much more. Meet my friend Maggie from The Little Yellow House. Hello, Maggie, and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for inviting me into this most colourful space here in Wagga Wagga. It is incredible. I've walked in and I'm actually quite pleased if we knock out this interview really <laughs> quickly because I want to explore the space and all the artwork. Tell me, how did you come to have this incredible space? Okay, so roundabout, long story. Um, I did paint when I was young and then, like most people have to, had to grow up, get a job, so I became a police officer worked my way up through the ranks. I was in the police for 20 years, um, working in varied places. I worked at Lightning Ridge. I worked at Walgate. I worked at Bondi, which was fabulous. The coffee wow. was amazing. Um, and then came to Wagga in 2016. Um, around then I was kind of struggling a little bit with the police. I was having some issues with mental health and depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Um, so was kind of looking for a bit of a therapy outlet, I guess. Um, anyway, when I, I bought a house here, it was the 23rd house that I looked at because I had one day when I drove from Walgett down to here. I looked at 24 houses that day. It was house number 23. Um, so I bought it and I actually picked up the keys from Gerwood Street in Wagga. And if you know Wagga, Gerwood Street is literally the most beautiful street in the whole town, I think. it's It has these massive old trees that form like a tunnel and in autumn they're just yellow and orange and it's it's almost magical. I feel like I need to find this street. Oh, you've got to see. Gerwood Street is yeah. just beautiful. Every season in the street is beautiful, but I was lucky enough to be there in autumn. And coming from Walgett where we'd been in drought for – well, we'd had floods and then we'd been in drought for a couple of years. So everything was just dust. I think I was overwhelmed with the colour and I just thought, oh, I want to paint that. And I haven't felt like painting in, I hadn't in years. Um, 
so I did what most people do and I went and bought some paint and said to my friends, oh, I'm going to get back into this. Like, I think it'll be good. I gave myself a bedroom in my house and I started painting. And my first two artworks sold. My hairdresser oh. suggested I put them into the Lakeside Art Show. So I thought, oh, okay, I will. And, and they sold. So I, was, I had money for more canvases, which was fabulous. This is every artist's dream. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> I couldn't. But when she rang me on the first night and said, Maggie, they've sold, I was like, what, like one? She's like, no, 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 all of them. This is like good. you're a true artist. Oh, I was like, yeah. oh, I felt like Picasso. <laughs> like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah. Got back into my art. It was such a good therapy and outlet for... Well, the total opposite to police work. It's just all about colour. So I would spend my, I would do two two day shifts, two night shifts, and then have four shifts off. And those four shifts were pretty much painting the whole time, which I think gave me a lot more longevity in the cops, mm. to be honest. I don't think I would have lasted as long had I not been doing that. But in um, 2021, I got an email from a friend at Eastern Riverina Arts. Um, she emailed a bunch of female artists that she's friends with and went, girls, get your expressions of interest in for this Renew Wagga, Renew Australia project. I'm like, I have no idea what that is, but I'm I'm up for, I thought maybe a pop-up or something. I thought this is good. Um, put an expression of interest in that was probably the most woeful ever. It was about three <laughs> lines going, hello, I, I will join in. Um, so... She rang me and went, we've had a look and, you know, we've looked on your socials and stuff. We know what you do and would you like a space? And I was like, yeah, how much does it cost? Because it wasn't really planned. And and she's like, you know, it's like it's $25 a week because it's all subsidised through Create New South Wales. So I went, oh, I I can do $25 a week. This is Yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) So... I came down and had a look at this space, which is massive. Um, it has three very distinct spaces, but I was just going to have the street space. So fronting, beautiful big windows, and I thought, this is amazing. I'll set an easel up in one corner and I'll paint and people can come in and talk. Really wanted a couch in there because I wanted somewhere we could sit and, and kind of have a chat. And, yeah, I, five weeks later we opened. I was working full-time as a police officer. Still, wow. Yeah, yeah, I was a sergeant um, with a team of, I think I had about 19 um, junior officers in my team at that point and we were on the road. We were first response, so it was, they were fabulous. Mm. Um, they thought it was really funny that I was going to open this space while I was doing that because it was I would do a 12-hour shift and then I would come here and try and cover up my uniform pants chuck a t-shirt on and and paint Paint. the walls but I had some help from some really good friends and five weeks later I don't really know how we did it but we opened and we sold a heap of art on the first night there was it was really well supported there was another business a photography business next door that opened at the same time so we'd become really close and since then it's just grown there there's literally been very little rhyme or reason to it um, nothing in the police force prepared me for running a business. I was going to ask, <laughs> are there any transferable skills from the police force oh. into being a, a business owner and artist? I was actually thinking about this because I had a conversation with someone else who was talking about, you know, their previous occupation, giving them some skills and yesterday and I said, I think being a cop 
it made me a problem solver. You have to think on your feet. You know, you answer a radio call, you turn up to a job. You don't know a lot of the time what it's going to involve apart from the basics and a lot of that time the information's wrong. So you really quickly have to come up with options and solutions and they're not always particularly um, straightforward. They're sometimes very creative and we improvise a lot and I think I've brought that through into the business. I just, when something comes up, I just kind of wing it yeah. I guess until I get there um yeah, I've made some mistakes along the way and the whole financial side of it and accounting and bookkeeping and that's no the hardest idea. part oh. I mean I've I'm so in like, envy of those that have that background coming into a business. Um, I remember even just that tax thing, um, asking, it was my sister-in-law and just said, oh, like, what's this GST thing? She goes, yep, you need to register for it. Um, you know, so I did and, you know, did all the GST and um, sort of took it and then went to my account and go, like, what do I do with this? And she's like, why are you registered for GST? Because you're not <laughs> yeah. even, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, it, yeah, I mean, there's just so many little lessons that you almost have to learn the hard way sometimes. Well, you do, and I'm a bit of a so when we're in the in the police, new things happen all the time. There's new legislation, new laws, also. So I educate myself, and I kind of did the same with here. So I jumped online, I joined a couple of women's business groups, I listened to some podcasts. Still didn't have any idea. Rang a friend who was an accountant, said, "Can you come sort me out? Help. I have the zero. I have the square." I don't know how they meet no, in the middle. Oh. And what do I have to do about my baths? And do I have to pay GST? And she's like, Maggie, it's the same thing. And I went, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and they, they talk to you as if it's the most easiest thing to understand. And I it's know. plain English. And it's like, Mm-mm, this is this is still really confusing. <laughs> None of it was common sense. And then you throw in the fact. So when we started, we had three artists, myself, a friend and an Indigenous artist, Debbie Wood, who I'd never met, but I'd seen her work and I'd really liked it. So I'd messaged her and just said, do you want to put some art in a space? And she came in and was like, yeah, I'll put some art with you. And she's beautiful. She's like my mum now. But um, yeah, we started with that. So that was easy. We could kind of pay people, you know, when they needed to be paid and things. And, And the girls understood that I didn't really have much of an idea but we've now grown to have over 30 artists. Wow. And we have so many different products and we have lessons and workshops and we have visiting artists and we have private functions. And so it's, I still make it up as I go. I think everyone does. I think that's the the secret is that (laughs) none of us know really what we're doing and a lot of it is made up on the spot and as we go, what feels right yeah what's working and if it's not we'll go back and yeah just massage that a bit more and off we go again well I had a kind of when I started I had two goals with the business and I thought if I stick to those and can make that happen that will be okay so one was I wanted it to be a community and I wanted I wanted it for women particularly um coming out of a male-dominated environment I really wanted I wanted a a space where I felt safe Um, And I wanted a space where maybe other women would feel safe. So we had a couch and we sit and we talk, but I also wanted it to be um, run along my values. So I 
as much as it sounds silly, profit making wasn't the primary goal. I wanted to sell enough to pay our bills mm. and to show our work and that's enough. So if I could, you know, do some freebies along the way for people that maybe can't afford it or if I can encourage an artist who maybe couldn't get a platform before, then I wanted that to be the case. And so far it's it's kind of worked. I mean, we're two and a, a bit years in. Um, we wrote out COVID. We only closed down once and I could still paint in the studio, so that was kind of okay. Um, we just bumbled our way through and, and now we have a really active group of women who are normally here and they come in and they sit and we have a list of how everyone takes their coffee and everyone feels really at home. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of worked to stick to what I wanted. Mm. And I suppose it works in that a lot of those artists would be at home mm. in their own space, yep. very isolated. Um, so as you said, that community building, yep. yeah, is very important. It's connection. Um, you know, and we know that isolation and loneliness is, you know, a really big topic at the moment amongst yeah. women and especially those living sort of uh, rural and remote. Yeah. So, you know, you're really creating that space for them. I would love to know, what are your values? My values, I want to be able to sleep at night comfortably knowing that what I've done through the day is right. Yeah. Um, that was the way I tried to maintain myself through my policing career um, it became increasingly difficult uh, just because I I'm, was considered myself a very strong person. I was a very good police officer and, you know, was on track to be promoted and all that kind of thing. But the horrors of it, the, the horrors of it started to really outweigh the fun. And it, it was a great job. I loved it. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the community. I guess I just got disheartened and bogged down in the bad stuff. And it sounds a little bit weird, but over the last eight years, it's like the better an artist I got, the worse the police officer I got, because I didn't want to look at the world the way you have to as a police officer. Yes. I wanted to look at the world as an artist. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it kind of shifted for me, which was lucky because a lot of cops, when they um, get out and I was medically discharged with PTSD so I didn't have a choice about I had to go um, which is fabulous I needed to yeah. um, but I had an identity already my identity I already identified myself as an artist when people said to me what do you do I was, it was natural to say yeah. I'm an artist yeah. There was that transition period, whereas sort of what you're saying is that some don't have that. A lot of people yep. don't have an identity to go to, and that's one of the hardest things. They have issues with PTSD and depression, and then they get out, and that whole sense of themselves. Because I was Sergeant Maggie, and my uniform, I guess, was who I thought I was. Mm -hmm. um, it turns out it's not, and with the help of, I have a really good psychologist and a really good doctor and a really good group of friends that understand. I still have bad days, mm. but I can be really honest about it here and just go, guys, I'm like having a bit of a shock or I haven't slept, whatever, and they understand that. So I was one of the lucky ones. I just transitioned to this probably before I even finished. And I actually only retired in August last year. So it was... A bit of a huge, a thing. bit of a journey. Is it now, and I suppose a profession 
that you can't see right the way through your life. Like it's not that longevity, you know, and I think school teaching is the same as well. You just don't see everyone starting as soon as they end uni and go all the way through. Like is the force like that as well now? Different generations see things differently and I think the younger ones, like I'm, I turned 50 this year, so I kind of look back and I think when I entered the workforce it was the idea was you got a career and you stayed in it for your whole life. And my plan was to, I joined the cops at 28, so it was okay, a little bit late. Yeah. Um, but my plan was that I would be a cop for the rest yeah, of my life. Yeah, retirement. Yeah, yeah, and I was, I, I was good at it. So I got the promotions and things and I could see a career progression. Um, but the younger ones see it very differently these days. And I actually really like the way they look at things. If the the work is not serving them as people, they think it's okay to go. Whereas I hung in there as a cop for 20 years, knowing that it was doing me damage, but thinking that I was really good at compartmentalizing. So didn't until it kind of all came crashing down and, and got on top of me. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it as a career for someone's whole life, just because I think it takes an incredible toll on people and it has to because you have to care about the people that you're policing. You have to care about the community. And with caring comes damage. You can probably get through it a lot easier if you don't care, but that's it's not really to, okay. And that, yeah. that wasn't okay for me in the way I wanted to police. So, And you do have um, that caring aura about you I think I I can feel it um not that I have special feelings but I can I can feel it I didn't do I didn't do feelings for a long while it was that we would joke about it yeah I would go they're there yeah yeah pretend (laughs) pat you on the shoulder and I was talking to someone here more people cry in here every week than I have ever seen in my life and at first I was really taken back I was like, oh, this is, I'm a really, really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lot of feelings. But it's like creating and being in a creative space just makes people feel comfortable. And that's why I make a real effort, even when I feel uncomfortable, to be honest about my own circumstances with mental health. And I've had conversations with people that I've opened up about my situation and then they've opened up. And a lot of people have said to me, that they've found this place when they needed to, even though they didn't know it was what they needed. And that to me says that I've made the community that I wanted to make. So it's a safe space for a lot of people as well as as well as well for yeah. me. It's yeah. therapy not just for you but, as you said, for others. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, I have my couches. People can come yeah, and sit on them whenever they <laughs> want to. Just a little to. session in here. <laughs> just time for yeah. a chat. Let's talk about some of the artists. As you said, you've got 30 plus here. Yes. Um, do you have some favourites? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I have all of my artists are women, which is not 100% by design, but a little bit. I guess I do lean towards giving, I wanted to give women a platform. So a lot of my artists I've actually found because they've come into the gallery, you can kind of tell an artist and so I'll often say, oh, you're an artist, and they'll go, oh, no, no, oh, mine's terrible, terrible, awful work. And I'm like, so you're an artist, then do you <laughs> want to show me what you do? And 
then they'll get their phone out and their face changes and you can tell and they show me their work and some of it's good, some of it's not so good, but they're proud of it and they're, you know, they're kind of claiming it as artists and that's how I've actually found a bunch of them. So they were women who, yeah, they're mums, they're working, they're running around, they're painting on the dining table, so they're packing everything up every time they need to feed the family and stuff and they have no platform, especially a gallery. Um, because there's just not that many around and to approach a gallery is intimidating. Well, I did it when I first came here. I all of two paintings, went into another gallery in town, like the best gallery in town and went, oh, would you like to have my paintings in here? And she was really nice to me and went, no, probably not ready. (laughs) So I, I remember that experience and I get that it's really hard. So I try and give them an opening. So one of my beautiful girls, Beck Hutchinson, I found that way. She's a mum of four boys. They're all fairly young. Two are twins. They're the best boys. They're cute as buttons, but they're pretty lively. They're also as tall as Beck, if not taller, because she's tiny. She came in and she's like, oh, I've been painting. I'm like, show me your work. I'd really love to have it here. And I think that was probably two years ago. And she has just taken off since then so her she does these beautiful landscapes that have pink skies and cows and sheep and they're really soft work and they're exactly like Beck she's really quite quietly spoken she's a beautiful person so she's I just I'm so proud of her she's just blossomed her work sells out so quickly she's looking at her first exhibition so she's I guess yeah, one of the people, when I think of how I found an artist, I think of her, but probably Lindy. So Lindy Farley, she paints under Lulu and Floss, although I keep saying to her, you need to claim your name. Yes. You need to be Lindy Farley artist. So she's starting to do that now. Um, She came to my first ever floral art workshop. I decided to do a workshop. I've never taught anyone anything. I avoided training junior police when I was in the cops because I didn't think I was very good at it so yeah she came along I thought I'll do this this three-week workshop and we started doing it and there was like I think there was 11 girls and Lindy was one of them and by week two they decided that they wanted to wear their pajamas to paint in week three they were pretty comfortable and they'd also decided they didn't want to stop at week three. They wanted to keep going for a bit extra. So I was like, okay, well, they, like this is good. I can't be the world's worst teacher. And Lindy, since then, she just hasn't stopped coming in. Yeah. She did a bunch of workshops and she really started growing her own art practice. And so Lindy is a mixed media artist. She loves jelly plate printing and making her own patterns and playing with colour. She... Every single day she will have something pink on without fail because that's just who she is. Um, Her paintings, again, reflect her. They're joyful and happy and it's gotten to the point now where so her work sells here and I, I gave her a platform fairly quickly because it was just so happy to look at. And she's really grown through that she I think when she first came in she had one or two paintings and she made earrings because she's like most artists she likes to do everything that's creative so she wants to make jewelry she wants to do everything um but two years on she works here on Mondays and Fridays 
She calls herself the assistant manager, which I think is (laughs) fabulous. She's probably like she should be the manager, but we have no HR department here, so we can't complain to anyone. And she actually runs, she now has a kids after school art class on Mondays and she's just about to start doing um, groups of homeschool kids on Fridays. So she's doing workshops, she teaches in the school holidays, all of these things that she hasn't done and she quit her full-time job after 14 years. She was with Rex for 14 years but just not fulfilled looking for something creative and I think something that sparked joy in her and she found that here and I'm so glad she did because it's so good to have someone to bounce ideas off and to feel like you're not in it all alone so I think as a small business owner you can feel like it's just you you know and if you're sick well then it doesn't, it doesn't open. <laughs> no, it, and I've never turn up again. I've never experienced that because yeah. I've been in government service. You know, you call in sick, you get sick yeah. pay. Yeah. And someone else <laughs> does your job. Not here. No. So having having Lindy's been awesome and she she just comes up with really great ideas and she still very much undervalues herself. Um, I think her confidence is building, but she's still lacking it in a lot of ways. She's just blooming though. This is her happy place. So even when she's not working, she tends to come in and we have lunch and just catch up or have a coffee or whatever. So, yeah, she's a bit of a... Can you, like, do you ever just stop for a minute and go, I went from, you know, (laughs) just the front of the the building with an idea of myself painting in the window, Yeah, (laughs) you know, to a few more artists, to having a staff member really but mm-hmm. I, I don't know I'm probably the same as you I think it's that other part of it that's more important when it's that purpose yeah um, making other people's lives better yeah it's just by providing a space well I, I didn't plan nothing about this place has been planned so we went from the first bit and then the, the second part of the building has a couple of bays in it yeah. because it was I think it was like a personnel business years ago or something so it's got some odd shapes but I set up a table in the first little bay to wrap things on and then we decided we had more art and we found more artists so we needed that space so we moved to the second bay and then my desk moved to the third bay and then it moved out the back yep. <laughs> and I remember ringing Eastern Riverina because they were still involved they were still like I was still under the Renew project for the first 12 months and said the theatre group aren't going out the back can I just put stuff there And they were like, yeah, of course you can. So my putting stuff there became 11 easels and tables and then I moved more paints in. Then we got more artists. So it just grew and it looks semi-organised now but that only actually happened about six weeks ago when I met a lady. She came in as a customer and we got to talking and it turns out she was in the Air Force and I was like, well, I was in the cops, but I had to get out because, you know, PTSD. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm in the process of getting out. And we ended up having a cuppa and talking, and she now paints here every week. And But she's brought this sense of organisation with her because she's ex-Air Force. She only, I think her retirement date was two weeks ago, so she was medically retired as well. So we have a lot in common. Um yeah, she's very organised and she was sitting out there one day about two months ago and she's like, you know, Maggie, where do you work when you have to do your work, like your accounts and stuff? And I'm like, oh, 
out here on one of the tables in the studio and she's like is that why your laptop is always shoved on top of that pile of aprons when I come in and I went yeah yeah because I forget people are coming in then I shove it and she's like but you've got an office I said yeah but it's full of art stuff and it was horrendous I'm a bit of a hoarder I think and she said why don't you and she started to launch into these ideas she'd had and she said you could get shelves all down the sides and I think she was doing some kind of interpretive dance at the same time because she was like so excited by the oh, ideas. That is lovely. And Lindy and I were sitting there listening, going, Oh, we need to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> and by seven o'clock that night, I jumped online and ordered shelving. So I was quite proud of myself and then ordered labels for everything. And it's more organized than it's ever been. And we can actually find things. And running classes are easier. And, and this is all because I found Rachel. But I think if we hadn't have had that initial talk and I hugged her <laughs> that first time we yeah, met in the shop, yeah. that kind of happens a lot because people open up. They do. Yeah. And, yeah, she she's just fabulous. So she brought that to the place and she's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be part of this. And she said to me, I'm going to be part of this community, so I need to give my two cents as well. Oh, and wow. I'm like. I think that was the day that Lindy created the coffee list so that everyone that comes in here on a regular basis has <laughs> you know what they their have. name yeah. on the coffee wow. list. I don't, I'm like third from the top though. I'm yeah. like, oh. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, you're such a success story, obviously, <sighs> for that grant and they must be wrapped. Well, I think so. It was funny though because they've done it. They've done it in capital cities, you know, Melbourne and things, and it's so different being regional. It is. The, the struggles that you face just with the distance and the isolation and just being able to show your work to larger audiences is, is very different. So we kind of worked out here that I think the essence of the new project was that you would do pop-ups for periods of time, you know, maybe three months, maybe eight weeks, maybe six months, whatever, but... We initially approached it, and I particularly approached it like this is an opportunity I'm never going to get. I want to make this a financially viable business. I want to do this. I want this to be mine. And the more of it that became mine, the more we grew into the whole building, <laughs> the more I wanted it just to be mine. So when I signed, when I changed from Renew and signed my first commercial lease, I was winning at life. <laughs> Oh, what a good feeling. I was such an adult. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I think around that time I'd taken I'd taken annual leave from work. I was very much one of those people. I didn't want to admit at work that I was struggling. Um, so I'd taken leave and I'd tried, I'd gone, I'd started working part-time but didn't get work cover. because I just took the hit to my pay because I just wanted to deal with my problems myself. Um, and then I took a month's leave and... and went to my doctor at the end of it having a panic attack and he just said you're not you can't go back to work for a while and so I spent all my time here and I signed the lease around that time so it was incredibly stressful but it was mine yeah so it was it was super important that is the most incredible story Maggie <sighs> and I wonder I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever done it before but even just to sit back and um in terms of the numbers financially you know how much revenue has come through or how much you've then given back to those women and yeah. I mean that would all 
that would be really interesting at, at some point for yourself to just sit down and, and take stock of those numbers and go, hey, we've had, you know, an increase of X percent of artists, which has now, um, you know, helped X amount of yeah. people by injecting, you know, a couple of thousand back into the community. Well, like, and it does because I, I, my other commitment to was I wanted local artists only. I yeah. wanted Riverina artists. We've got a lot of galleries around the Riverina, but none of them are particularly only Riverina. Yeah. So I wanted that because we didn't need to go further afield. So all the money that my my artists earn goes back into our community. It just it's a nice kind of cycle. I haven't even I, to be honest, I haven't really looked at the figures. It would be interesting to right. see. Yeah. I'm so, not very good with all of that, but I have an <laughs> awesome accountant now. I'm sure she'll and, be able to look at it for well, you. Well, I have a I have a, a fellow like this this fellow from um, accountants down the road and he actually oil paints here on a Monday night with me so he started that after we developed this relationship for with accounting and things which it took a lot because he I was like you need to explain all of this like really simply and then just fix it all and make it work for me and tell me what I need to do. And he was like, oh, you know, the, the revenue is quite good and I can see the business is growing and I want to learn to paint as well, so I'm going to come on Mondays. And so he does that and every now and again I get a couple of sneaky questions in yeah, when he's painting. Um, but it would be interesting to look back. I know it's grown um, and it sounds silly as a business owner not to kind of know your figures and things, but I just seem to... I'm so busy. Yes. I just seem to keep working. We have after-school art four afternoons a week. I have private lessons all during the week and I have some NDI, like people on NDIS funding that come to paint with me during the week and then we have birthday parties and private parties. And so I just feel like I go from that to that to that so I don't really think about the money. Are you still looking after yourself though? Like that sounds very busy it, yeah. and I know that you say art is your therapy and, you know, it's your passion and purpose and release, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you're also a business owner. Yes. Are you still looking after yourself? Um, I didn't and I just, because I do have a really strong work ethic and because I want this to be a success and I feel such a responsibility to my, my women, like my other artists, this is their platform, a lot of them. If this place doesn't work, they won't have a platform. So it, it got on top of me, I guess, a little bit earlier this year. Um, and I guess things with the police were, you know, being finalised and, and things. And I was trying to look after myself, but I wasn't. I was, I think I was a little ball of stress running around. And much as I thought, I'm going to do so much painting, I don't get to paint as much as uh, I want. So I often yes. come in really early so I can just have the studio to myself and just do some hours painting and not teaching but actual painting um, and I kind of fell in a heap and my my psychologist Leah came in and I was in my office and she said something to me and I just burst into tears and she's like you need to close for a week yeah. and I was like but I'm like I can't she's like why it's your business and I hadn't thought about it and I rang Debbie Wood yeah. who's Debbie and Lindy are my core people here. The three of us run the place. Well, Debbie runs the place and we do what she says. <laughs> God love her. But um, 
we had a talk and I said, I'm just so stressed. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm letting everyone down. I'm trying so hard, but I think I'm, I just feel like I'm saying sorry all the time for everything. Cause I feel like I'm not doing a very good job of this. And we talked it through and decided to close for a week. And we decided to paint the place and freshen it up. We decided to clean it so that it was organized because we'd never put forethought into plan or planning into the way the place ran. We just grew and it grew fast. So the three of us, and Deb's like in her 60s. So she's an absolute pocket rocket. So we painted, we painted the whole place in one day, much to my like, exhaustion because I wanted to stop but I thought if Deb's still going I can't stop she's got like 10 years on me and then we just got the place back into gear and we put some systems in and I felt better yes so it was a big lesson as a business owner too and women we keep a lot of balls in the air and we just do it because we have to, you know, there's no one else at the end of the day. So we make sure home is right and we make sure the family are right and we make sure um, the work is right. And I mean, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I have three fur babies who are my heart and soul. Um, so I guess I don't have as many things in the air as a lot of women do. And I'm conscious of that. So I don't want to go, oh, I'm so busy. I have it so hard. But you fill in in the hours. Do you know? Like, oh, I just mean, didn't at stop. the end of the day, we're all filling in the same hours. Yeah. Just with different things. Yeah. And you, you, know, you lay in bed and go, I should have done this. I should have yeah. done that today. Or I'll just do one more social media post. Yep. And yeah. And the growth. I mean, when it is growing, um, you feel like you have to ride with it. And you do. And then, as you said, you probably get to that point where it's just so overwhelming. Yeah. And you do. You need to stop. But that's so hard to say, hey, I need to hit pause for a minute to put everything back in place. I, and, I yeah. didn't think I could. It didn't yeah, actually no, occur to me yeah. that I was allowed to. And then I was like, hang on, this is this is my business. Yeah. I am allowed I'm to. I'm the CEO. The, I get to yeah, make the decisions. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm the boss. I'll do that. Yeah. So. And I must admit, I've really put conscious effort in the last six months or so to making sure that I take days that I'm not in here. That's great. And take days that I don't do things. And thank goodness for Lindy, I can do that. She's having her here and, and she's just such a trusted friend that I can leave this place and know that it's going to be fine and I can take a day and just breathe. Yep. It happens to everyone. They We all put in that whole 24 and you work every single hour out of the day and it does. It comes to that point of burnout or something, you know. Well, I felt like I off. couldn't complain because yeah. this was my dream yeah. and you shouldn't complain when you have your dream and you know that as a small business owner, especially the first couple of years, you know you're going to have to work really hard and that's cool. But, but you still need to look after yourself. Yeah. There still has to be balance. There yeah. still has to be days off. Our- body yeah. just needs it our I, mind I wish I'd I, I kind of wish I'd realized that a little bit earlier but I have now yeah. so yeah now I'm happy to go yeah I'm having the day off today, today. Mm. yeah now I know you've name dropped already but um I'm sure you have someone else you can can you tell me about a friend of yours that we need to know about there's so many people Wagga is such an amazing place and it has such a a large selection of creative amazing people I'm trying to think so I've 
kind of spent a little bit of time with a lady called Beck from St. Prin Jewelry. She is. I know who they are. She is gorgeous. She made me this necklace. I have been looking at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I and I ordered one for my mum as well because it was so beautiful. So she's she's a business owner, doing fabulous, beautiful things. She's actually in Gerwood Street. Um, so I would I would give her big props. And I'm actually I've just met a builder called Tani who owns her own business, her own building business, and she's redoing my bathroom. And she's awesome. We need to talk to Tani. I, I mean, know. Such a male-dominated space. Um, you know, and, and especially with building, there's so much going on in that industry at the moment. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, I reached out to some a couple of webs like Facebook groups yeah. in Wagga and said, ladies, hit me with some I need like my bathroom done and I need my stairs fixed because they're getting dangerous. Is there anyone you'd recommend? And a couple of people came through and recommended Tani. And I got in touch with her and she was so quick to come around and have a chat and she just was on the same wavelength. She knew what was important. I felt comfortable having her in my home because that's a thing for me. Being, I guess, an ex-cop, I get very um, anxious about having people in my home that I don't know. Um, Fabulous. Her work on her website is beautiful She's just been quick to get back to me and she understands my craziness. When I send her a picture of myself in a bathtub and go, can I have this bathtub? <laughs> she gets back to me straight away and goes, just give me the dimensions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. Oh, well, um, we'll pop all those details in the show notes so, yeah, others can find them. Oh, and... there's, there's no limit. It's Wagga is – that's the one thing that amazes me about this place. There is so many creative people and I know you said you you didn't realise how big it was no. when you came in. It's huge. Yeah, and I feel really, I mean, Wagga in terms of oak, we've had so many stories from this region. Uh, we've got stockists, um, writers, photographers, like all of it. Uh, and then I passed through uh, earlier this year but sort of around the outskirts. I sort of kicked myself on the way home. I thought, ah, oh, I should have probably driven in and, and had a look around. Um, so to drive in this morning and it's like, Oh, wow. This is really big. And I'm from Bendigo. So I feel that Bendigo is quite big. You know, it's a big regional city. Um, But Wagga almost, I think, rivals that in size. I think think there's somewhere around 75,000 people. But see, I came from, I'd been at Walgett and Lightning Ridge for seven years. So Walgett has about 1,900 people, no traffic lights, um, one IGA that burnt down twice so oh, we, they gosh. kept groceries in the yeah. shed at the school and we would kind of go in there'd be like two cans of pasta and yeah. was, that was a while um, and then I came to Wagga and this was the big smoke yep there's like five McDonald's oh here. wow there's Woolies and Coles yeah all these things I hadn't had for seven years I hadn't put the siren on in my police car I don't think for seven years because what's the point they can hear you from when you leave yep. the police station. So yep. this was fun. This was massive. Yeah, so And it's still, I look at it now and it's, I'm used to it and I know where everything is, but I'm still amazed that we have all of the facilities, but it still feels like a country town and people are still friendly. Yep. And people will still give you a go. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a good vibe when it has that. 
Um, but yeah, amazing. I can't wait to walk through the gallery and, and have a look around and, and take some content so that we can share that on the socials as well. And, and people can see it. So obviously, you know, if anyone's in Wagga Wagga, make sure that you stop in because it's not just artwork. You have jewelry and homewares yeah. and everything's yeah. handmade. Everything's local, but yeah, we've got such a selection now or come and do a workshop, come and sit with Deb and do some, we- like she teaches weaving. Her oh, weaving nice. is amazing and we're in the bead room at the moment. So we sit on the couches, we make some jewellery, might do some weaving. It's just super relaxing. Can you believe your life, Maggie? Like this is where you're at. Not really. I sometimes think, what was I doing this morning? I was making sure that I had enough because I have two after I have two school holiday workshops today. I have paint your pets. So I've sketched out everyone's pets on their canvases. And then I've got some little girls coming in to make jewelry. So my biggest drama this morning was I need to paint that rabbit. I need to draw the rabbit for one of the kids to paint. And do I have enough cute little charms for the girls that are doing jewelry? Whereas if I, and I was thinking, wow, my biggest problem today is do I have enough cute charms? If I was at the police station I would have probably had to go to court. I would have gone to custody. I would have probably arrested someone by now. I can't believe it. They're just chalk and cheese. It's just the opposite. And I just think I'm so blessed. Yeah. Because this doesn't feel like work. That's the best part. Ridiculous. When we have a a glass of wine in the afternoon and all sit round and people are visiting and talking and we're looking at art. And they're bringing new paintings in or I'm asking what they think of mine and we're swapping ideas. That's not work. No. And there's no certificate, no course that you have to do, no one's approval. No. This is available for us all. We can all do something like this. It's You'd just taking that first just step. Just have to back yourself. That was every time I got really scared about here, um, I just thought, well, just give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? No, nothing. Just, like yeah. it, it doesn't work. Try up, something else. I'm not going to end up living in a box. No. My my fur babies are going to be fine. They're always going to have food. So, yeah, I just kept thinking, back yourself, Maggie. Take a risk and back yourself. Well, I'm sure that every artist that displays their work in here is saying thank you. Um, and every customer that comes in and, and gets to see such a range of artwork in just one spot Uh also says thank you. So I thank you for being so. our guest. Oh, thank you for coming and chatting. It's a pleasure. It was really good. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Maggie. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine.